Welcome to In Conversation, a series of captivating and insightful dialogues with leading writers, artists, and spiritual teachers. In Conversation is a production of Banyan Books and Sound. An oasis in Vancouver since 1970, Banyan is a gathering place of the world's wisdom and healing traditions. Come by for a visit or find us at banyan.com for live events, books, and more. This is Farhan Nasrali, and I'm honored to be here in conversation with Malidoma Patrice Somme, a West African elder, author, and teacher who shares the wisdom of his ancestors and tribal elders with the people of the West. Elder Maladoma is the author of several books on ritual, African shamanism, life purpose, and community. And we're here today to talk about the powerful technology of divination, the Daigara cosmology, and ancestral guidance. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I thought I'd start with the basic question that in many ancient cultures, there's a deep respect and reverence for ancestors that seems to be lost in Western culture. Can you speak about the value of reverence and connection to ancestors? Yes, more than um, uh, more than that is the first uh, statement that you made, uh, the respect that is due to the ancestors for the simple reason that um, they are the the one thanks to whom uh, we are here and therefore we have to at least assume that uh, they carried uh, a kind of life-saving wisdom long enough for us to be the recipients of the kind of continuity that is necessary in uh, human life. So uh, this reverence is also something that uh, fosters uh, continuity, family, uh, values, community, and all these things that are dear to human beings. Without that, of course, all kinds of unpredictable things do happen, leaving people to an utter state of, uh, you know, concerned worries, uh, isolation that we think can be remedied by all kinds of gathering, get-together, and uh, more often than not, uh, this become more like uh, cosmetic touches to something that just required a look back to the past in order to see where we missed the turn. And so the reverence to ancestors is rooted on this uh, premise, one that uh, wants us to show our humanity in the in a form that honors uh, wisdom and knowledge that cannot be ignored as we move forward into the future. And so this is where ancestral guidance, particularly at this time when um, the disconnection from the ancestor leads to a 
plethora of things that are so important and yet forgotten. Uh, the rev the uh, the reverence leading to the desire to consult with the ancestor, to communicate with the ancestor, makes it possible for us to be met by these ancestors in those states when we are least dis- distracted uh, in order to give us insight into directions that are life-sustaining for us. The uh, Dagara people... Uh, know that so well that uh, uh, the structure of their lives is rooted on this. And it seems that uh, modernity will greatly benefit uh, from uh, uh, second attention, uh, what is uh, known in the etymology of the term respect, which means to see again, to look again at something that we might have uh, superficially stared at or ignored altogether. Uh, respecting the ancestors is an indication that we need to maintain a connection that is uh, spanning the other world and this world in the interest of our own stability. What are some of the ways that we can offer respect and reverence for ancestors? Well, first of all, it begins with a simple thing of uh, not ignoring them uh, and in demonstrating that in the form of invoking their name on a daily basis and in association with whatever we are supposed to be doing, uh, knowing that the uncertainty that surrounds us require that we make them the extra eye that can see ahead of us and uh, whatever obstacle is there, they can therefore do something to make us either avoid it or they can do something to prevent that obstacle from slowing us down. Prayers. Uh, prayers to the ancestor in the form of this type of invocation in which we come across as uh, people who want our ancestor to be in on our project. The thing that we would like to do, the, um, the daily schedule of our lives, come across uh, something that uh, awaken gradually the attention of the other world to this world, and particularly making us the main beneficiary of this initiative. So I use the word prayer because I don't know any better word, but I know that... uh, telling the ancestor in the morning before we leave to go somewhere, do something that we deem important for us, telling them that we need them to be aware that this is what uh, we want to do and we like them to be our invisible guides in all the things that we do when we cross paths with other people. This goes a long way to at least... Uh, 
defining us as people who are aware that those who have preceded us are in the other side of the thin veil that separates us. And uh, by making this inclusion a habit, we end up realizing how much more smooth, how much more flowing our life can be. That is a sign of respect. Respect as in uh, demonstrating that the wisdom of our ancestors still counts in this day, even in the mix of all these modern situations that we're in. And so anyone can have access to a sacred moment in which they become the voice and uh, the ancestor, the audience of the conversation with the other world that needs to happen. And so just this little thing can go a long way. It is not something so complicated that it requires the gathering of all kinds of tools and material. It's just a state of consciousness. It's a state of mind. We need to show that even though we do not have a complete knowledge of the wisdom of these ancestors, that actually including them in the activities of our daily lives eventually heighten our frequencies to the point where that which we do not know that they know eventually ends up being in our consciousness our being a part of them and them being a part of our life eventually make us them and them us. This is the whole point of all of this, to uh, ensure that there is a steady sense of continuity. And so the importance of ancestral guidance is rooted in this. It is rooted in the expectation that the conversation that is part of our daily life needs to be inclusive of the other world, the unseen world. And when this is the case, a lot of things that look like impossible to resolve become a lot more fluid, resolve themselves without us knowing that there were bigger, a bigger obstacle uh, waiting to ambush us, we walk our lives in this smooth fashion with the help of the ancestors as we come down to the core of our humility to reach out to them and not expecting things to happen in such a logical fashion that we know who to give credit to. That's not important to our ancestors. Our ancestor wants us to continue to be the carrier of the baton of continuity that they passed on to us. And this is why respect and reverence for ancestors is an unavoidable part of our journey into the future. So the simple act of remembering and invoking their name on a daily basis connects us to the other world and their beneficial guidance in our lives. 
that's exactly what I was trying to say. You put it in a much succinct and clearer fashion, and it seems like uh, at this juncture, this is something that is accessible to just about anybody. Uh, it is not the uh, craft of an expert. Uh, it is a way of showing that we're still family. Uh, we're still member of the same community. And so all the things that confuse us on a daily basis, when, uh, when we pass that on to the ancestor, reaching out to them in this fashion, these confusing things become a lot clearer down the road. Uh, we cannot, therefore, think of any kind of uh, more sustaining thing than at least uh, this humble bowing to the ancestors and voicing of the challenges of being in this world to them. Now, one thing that came up as I was listening to your answer is many young people that I know of, and certainly in my case, you know, have understood that our ancestors may not have treated other people in the kindest of ways. For example, in my case, uh, ancestors who were part of a colonial heritage. So how can we reconcile respecting and loving our ancestors and also acknowledging? Yes, I understand. It is a valid concern that needs deeper imagination in order to uh, better understand, to uh, come to peace with. The thing about it is uh, I've noticed that uh, in this culture there's a tendency to think that the ancestors are still this in the same status as they were when they had the privilege of a physical body and uh, the, uh, the gift of being in this world. Also, we have to realize that um, this is what has shaped the, this culture in such a way that uh, eventually we think that those who have made a mistake, who have made a, a, a mistake in their life, are blamed and labeled as people who can never shake that mistake off. And that is uh, directly what is influencing our attitude towards the ancestors. When you die, the, the shift from one dimension to another does not include taking the clumsiness and the weaknesses that are consistent with this dimension to the other dimension. And this is why, in my tradition, they say that we become a lot wiser, a lot more advanced in our consciousness when we cross into the other dimension. And so we have to realize that uh, compassion is key to a better understanding that shows that indeed these ancestors from where they are see where they failed when they were in this world. And this perception leads them to long 
for a deeper connection with those they pass on the baton or continuity to so that together, through a collaboration, the, the ill that they did simply because of the circumstances they were in can be repaired. And so therefore, those who have uh, misgiving toward their ancestors, first and foremost, they must sit with them and communicate to them how it feels to be the the in the 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 hair of these actions that are less than humans uh, than than human sustaining. In other words, that the ill that they committed must be therefore communicated back to them as a way of demonstrating that we are now aware because we are dealing with the consequences of their action. And those, uh, those actions cannot be transcended without their, their uh, physical, uh, excuse me the term, but their practical presence and inspiration and guidance. This may sound like a guilt trip, run to the ancestor, but these ancestors like it more when we communicate with them with the fuel of our emotion so that they feel the way we feel. They know the sincerity of our heart. And so it's important that if we are angry at them, that we say it like it is to them. And that's what shows clarity, transparency, and accuracy. And that in doing that, we are praying to them. We are praying to them and also educating them in the serious reality that we live with as part of their legacy. It is therefore uh, seriously urgent that we go to these ancestors whom we know didn't leave us something to be proud of and communicate that directly to them with the urge that indeed if they're there, conscious and paying attention to the quandary of our life, that now is a good time for them to take the kind of action that would therefore translate into greater trust down the road. Without that, we can't just pray to the ancestors in those simple fashion as if nothing happened when we are living the consequences of their action. It is uh, a way of creating a healing across the great divide, healing for the ancestors and healing ourselves, which is why our task is so important, is so big, lest we end up just living a life of resentment and victimhood, uh, and that, is, that has nothing elegant about it. And is it the case in this conversation that reconciliation with that legacy happens through us, through those living? Yes. It is important, Farad, to understand that uh, 
the kind of healing that we're looking for uh, is a healing that is even brought to our attention by the ancestors' longing for collaboration with us. That they realize that their shortcoming at a time when they were privileged with a human body cannot be resolved without us showing uh, an attitude, a collaborative attitude towards them. One that is not blameful, but rather urging them to use the wisdom that is now available to them because of the transition to produce the kind of change that will be healing to both worlds. And so our concern, our worried, our longing, all of that can be traced down to a, a desperate ancestral initiative in order to wake us up to the collaborative urgency that is meant to heal this world and the other. And so we have work to do. We have a prime directive to follow. And that is part of the reason why we chose to come into this world, to make right that which others who preceded us failed to do. And to, to get to that level through a collaborative journey with the ancestors, excluding them, limits our capacity to encompass the issue with the kind of imagination that we need. And this is why we need the ancestors to broaden the scope of our imagination enough to address this issue of separation, isolation, uh, disrupture of uh, community, family, and so on and so forth. If we don't do that, then we wound up in this kind of, uh, of uh, victimhood that is full of resentment, uh, complete with the tendency to distance ourselves from them, and in so doing, we become part of the problem. We become part of the problem basically because we assume that they are still in the other world the same as they were in this world. And this is not how the, the different worlds are structured. It's a different kind of game and rules uh, as you go from one world to another. And as far as the world of the ancestors is concerned, there's a strong longing to connect with the one that uh, followed them, namely us, because we are the one privileged with the body and the capacity to touch the physical world that we experience on a daily basis with a mind to heal that which needs healing. And if we keep this in our consciousness, eventually we become the, the, the kind of collaborator that translates uh, or defines us as indeed the, the healer of that which others failed to heal and are now more than eager to intervene, to, uh, to collaborate with us for. And so uh, uh, at the core of this, uh, of this work 
indeed is the reverence uh, and the respect to those ancestors, even those who've failed to do their job, because fulfillment of life purpose is so challenging, is fraught with so many hidden ambushes that without the uh, assistance of the other world, uh, left alone, we are bound to fail just the same way as they did. It takes the collaboration with the other world to do well where others fail to do well. Now, you mentioned life purpose. This connection to the ancestral world, does it help us to know our life purpose? Indeed, it does give us increasing or clarifying clues about our purpose. Our tradition says that uh, we come into this world mandated with a prime directive by these same ancestors to do something that is so important to this world that if we fail, the world remains the same. It suggests that uh, none of us came into this world accidentally. And worse, we didn't come here, like I heard uh, once upon a time, on vacation. Uh, we came here to work because this planet is a building project. Beautification, the increase of love and respect for each other, the kind of love that is the ultimate gift of the human being. Translate as the, uh, the main ingredient in any kind of healing that must happen with a lasting effect. And so our life purpose, regardless of the, their diversities, are all rooted on this. And that's why we all are given heart that beats inside our chests because it is this beat that is meant to be understood as emitting the kind of frequency that is capable of tuning into this world and the other in such a way that the flavor that is that become the aroma of the space we're, we're in is defined as love. In the end, our purpose is to increase the, the dial of love in this world because it alone can be the umbrella under which everything can be healed, everything can be transformed. It is therefore fundamental that uh, we realize that our capacity to love, to care, to, to give attention to others is something that is moving us closer into the core of our purpose and the surrounding choreography with which this is happening defines our purpose and our gifts more and more clearly to us and to everyone else that we cross paths with. And this is what makes this whole endeavor something that is much bigger than the, the, the sum of ourselves, bigger than ourselves, and uh, 
demonstrating why we human beings define death as something that commits us to a path connected to a purpose that is much bigger than us. We need to be constantly in definition and redefinition of the meaning of service, the meaning of being there for each other, the, the meaning or what is behind the idea that we want to make this world a better world. Our gifts are not stale thing, data that are stored in ourselves. They are live thing, constantly pushing us like an energy in the direction of their fulfillment. And this is what the ancestors want us to be constantly aware of and in the process become conscious that we need them. We need them to keep diving into this uh, this direction because the more we are on the path of our purpose, the more we develop this kind of militantism that comes as a result of us knowing what is not negotiable. And this non-negotiable is? The human heart's capacity to love, to care, to respect, to revere in the interest of healing, beautification of the of the of this planet that we were gifted to, the planet that is host to us, and uh, the uh, the expansion of this loving energy transforming eventually this world into this lovely place where everyone can sing the song of their, of their lives. This concert now become the fulfillment of this kind of opening of our hearts that is directly the result of our deep respect towards the ancestors, towards this world, and by the same token towards each other. So the ancestors in their wisdom realize that Fundamentally, it's about loving each other and living our lives here in a loving way. And ultimately, it's about love. Ultimately, it's about love. It is, it is so simple. It's so down to earth that as you, you, you inquired earlier, the failure of those ancestors to uh, to live by this principle was directly the result of colonialism, the result of all these uh, uh, disrespect towards other uh, people, disrespect towards the land that we walk on and live from, and uh, ultimately disrespect of ourselves. And so without love, there isn't an other that is as good as we are, as brilliant and meaningful as we are. Uh, and I think that this is a, this is a deeply uh, existential uh, 
in the sense that it's, it, it, it's, it challenges the human being to raise the dial of their capacity to love and to care as a necessity above and beyond any kind of skills and imagination that we can bring forth to solve various problems in the world. In the end, it boils down to the kind of technology we cannot avoid. It is a technology of love that demonstrates itself through a reverence and respect for all life around us and even the life beyond us. Well, I feel that's the perfect way for us to end this conversation because really there's nothing more to say after that. <laughs> I, I understand. And I know that uh, uh, we're, we're in this all together. It takes uh, the willingness to stay in the conversation through the way we walk our lives to echo each other one way or another, in such a way that in the end, we're all, in this, we're all part of the same family, trying, therefore, to make better that which our ancestors at the time when they were like us were not able to do. And so we must, therefore, bring their achievement to the next level, period. And so that's what we we uh, uh, we're all we're all in this world for, and that's why we're all important to each other. Thank you for the opportunity. You've been listening to In Conversation, a podcast of Banyan Books and Sound. Canada's spiritual and healing resource since 1970.